everyone, as always, even though we are under the Two Generations Gaming banner, this is One Guy Reading. Whether you meant to or not, you found Noob's Book Club. I'm Sean, Noob of All Trades from Two Generations Gaming, and in this series I am reading and reacting to Dragons of Fate, the latest volume from the Dragonlance Destiny series by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. This is the penultimate episode of this series, and I will release... The final episode on Saturday. I'll talk more about that in the outro. And then next week I will pick up with Jurassic Park as promised. This is episode 12. I'm covering chapters 35, 36, 37, and 38. They're all very short chapters. Chapter 35. Sturm, Raceland, and Taz wake up and make their way to the tower under the storm. They expected an attack but made it back without incident. When they get back, they return to Belgrave's quarters to change back into their clothes. While the door is unlocked, it's closed, and there's someone in there. Who goes there? They identify themselves, tell Taz to go away, and greet Will. He asks if they saved Magius. Raceland reports the sad news that they didn't. Will lets them in, but they again send Taz away, this time to quote-unquote stand guard. Will informs them that he's destroying documents at Belgrave's request. He throws some of them into the fire, and others he puts into a pile for Huma later. From a sealed letter, Raceland sees a butterfly charm, that he recognizes. It came from Belgrave's daughter to let you through the grove. Will says that he loved her in spite of her being a mage. Raceland says that she knew. Once they disrobe, parenthetically, stern with help from Will, and parenthetical, they ask after Destina. Will points them to the temple. He then mentions that Tully is still at large. They suppose he could be anywhere in the massive place. So they gather Taz. He mentions that he saw a bunch of shimmering knights that passed. The souls of true knights risen to defend the tower. They first look for Huma. Instead, they find Reginald. He says Destina is looking for them. They ask about Huma. He's in the temple, last I knew. Destina and Cairn are in the chapel. They split up. Taz to find Destina. Raceland and Sturm will talk to Huma. Taz takes the mission, giving pause only when asked to leave his dagger. They eventually convince him to go. Sturm asks if they changed history. It seems as not. Raceland counters that everything that happened is due to the Grey Gem. And now, Tachesis knows and is after it. Chapter 36. Taz finds them in the chapel. He notices Cairn's knapsack and inquires about it. Cairn lies and says it's only for clothes and such. However, he does clinch it tighter to his chest. Taz informs them that Raceland and Sturm went to talk to Huma. As they talk, Taz tells the story of the attempted rescue and his adventures with the gnomes and Dragonlands. What do you mean it blew up? Taz recounts that part of the story. Gnomes? The camp blew up? Oh boy. To quote Sam Beckett. Some of you younger viewers probably don't know what that is. Quantum Leap. Look it up. It's probably on Wikipedia. What? Taz asks. Karen explains that the device broke down and never made it. In the actual history. Taz says, yeah, I fixed it. Karen looks even more despondent, if possible. Taz, you changed history. Bingo. Chapter... 37. They enter the temple, pausing a moment to look around, allow their eyes to adjust, and reflect on the talk ahead. They notice candles flicker in the wind caused by the damage. The dragon lances shine in bright defiance to the darkness all around them. Huma and Gwyneth stand together before Paladine's altar. Their armor and hair shine with the same radiance as the dragon lances. Raceland makes his way to them. Shirak, he lights the crystal on the staff. He reports that Magius is dead. They tried and failed. Humor remarks that it wasn't a dream then. 
he saw Magius, who said he's with Greta, and that they await him to take the final journey. Gwyneth comes close to comfort him. He died nobly, Sturm reports. How? Did they torture him? Neither wants to tell him. Rayson says simply, he died at peace. Human knows exactly what that means. He curses himself for not going. Raceland tells him that Magius saw Huma and Sturm and that they avenged his death. This gives Huma some peace. They also tell him that due to the injuries, Immolatus fled. He notices, at last, that Raceland carries the staff. He speaks to Magius through it, and the staff responds. He then asks Sturm to run the ground defenses as he and Gwyneth lead the air assault. Raceland can act as war wizard now. They fight themselves to make a decision. Raceland finally asks to speak with their companions. Huma says he will wait. Raceland ponders their fate if they survive. Sturmanite, after all, a hero about which songs are sung. Himself, his name celebrated and honored instead of cursed. If we leave, Huma will think me a coward, and that I betray the memory of his friend. They look back one last time. Huma and Gwyneth kiss, and she takes her dragon form. They know that they don't stand a chance to survive, but they fight nonetheless. That makes the decision to go back even harder, but we must go back to save the songs. All of them, even those never written. Chapter 38. Taz laments changing history. I only flipped a switch. Maybe just a bit, Destina hopes. Karen agrees. Hopefully you saved the song. Even though only a few remain at the damaged wall, they notice one soldier talking to Reginald. Tully? Taz offers to verify. Destina declines. If it is him, they need to find another way to Sturm and Raceland. Taz suggests a closet named Christy. Karen recognizes that it's the sacristy where they change before services. They still have to hide, but the storm will assist in their travel. The door is unlocked, parenthetically. Taz wanted to pick it, and parenthetical. And when they enter, it looks as if it's been ransacked. Taz protests, it wasn't him. Karen says, yes, everyone just dropped everything at the time to go and fight. The gray gem goes into overdrive. Karen goes to find Sturm, but pauses when he hears a sound. The wind? Nope, the ogre war horns. Then the allies respond. They all must go. They enter the temple, but don't see anyone. The soldier enters looking for Huma. He reports that the Minotaur march. Taz insists that he knows the man's voice. Karen protests. He's either lying or history has changed. The Minotaur never fought at the tower. The gray gem flares even more. Wait. I know him, Taz says. He's the one. He's the man who called me a thief. He's right. That's Tully. And now for my reaction. No new characters. Everything happening at a good pace. Setting up nicely for the end of this book and the beginning of the next one. So, what do I discuss here besides my least and best liked? This time, chat GPT offers no help either. I just got the idea to talk about what changes thanks to the current happenings. But I think that maybe I should save that for the next episode. So what goes here then? I have a couple of days to think. Maybe I table this discussion for tonight. Okay, I think I have an idea. If this fails, well, I tried. And I don't mind failing if something positive comes out of it. So, here goes nothing. Setting up for the end of this book. They kept us, parenthetically me, in suspense for much of the book. I covered in the last episode that I fell for the bait of Raistlin and his repeated admonitions that the longer they stayed, the more they risked changing something. Now, granted... He never specified who or what form that changed my take. I felt a twinge of suspicion that it might be Taz and the gnomes, but honestly, what possible ramifications might result from their intervention? Surely, Raceland saving Magius from death must affect the timeline 
more than a failed experiment that fails in a more spectacular fashion slightly later, right? Right? Argue the butterfly effect all you want. I understand the fundamental argument that in an open system with many variables, we can't reliably predict how a change in one variable affects all of the others. What bothers me, though, is that the term became a shortcut in these types of stories to explain away complex interactions. It just doesn't sit well with me. But I respect them for actually keeping me guessing as long as they did. I usually sniff out these little surprises, and I almost did. They kept me in suspense long enough that I let the trail go cold. Then it blindsided me, and they confirmed it finally. If anyone is going to change history, it's going to be Taz in the stupidest way possible. And now, how does this all affect the future? Present? Whatever. The major change is that Takesis wins the war. But does she get the Grey Gem? My guess is not immediately, no. They probably get away. If not, then the alternate future comes to pass. Yes, of course. The constellations and moons all gone. She destroys them all and rules over what is left. All I need to figure out now is the dragon. Who? What? How? What did I like least? I can confidently say that I actively disliked something from these chapters. I hated that they were so short and that two of them dealt with Taz and his shenanigans. Maybe because I made the connection last time, it annoyed me that they spent so much time explaining what happened and how. Possibility also exists that I just suffer from Taz fatigue. I wrote in the previous series, Dragons of Deceit, that while I used to enjoy Taz and his antics, I grew weary of them in that book. That weariness only grew more during this book and culminated with a complete annoyance. I celebrated when he took a few chapters off. He returned. I skimmed his story about the Dragonlance. Both he and the gnomes drove me crazy, and I missed an obvious clue that changed history. No, actually, I think I said that I thought at the time that it might ultimately be the event that set everything into motion to change history. Granted, I also fell for the shiny object in Raceland and Magius, but you can argue that I simply performed my due diligence as a reader. I would be remiss not to follow all possible avenues of a story. Yes, you got me. I'm just making excuses for my poor detective skills. Perhaps it's time to move on. And now for what I liked best. At the risk of sounding self-centered, parenthetically, never stopped me before, and parenthetical, I liked being on the right track about Tasselhoff. Sure, I fell over Weiss and Hickman's shiny thing, as discussed more than a few times. But I know from the moment that switch got flipped that it was the thing that changed everything. So I will take that victory lap. I don't need the win. Things, knock wood, are going very well overall for me right now. I'm working where I want to work. I finally got a doctor willing to try something completely different, parenthetically, sertraline, and parenthetical. And it honestly dealt with most of my issues. Never mind the discussion about medication. I already asked my wife a couple of days ago, if everyone you talk to is on mood stabilizers, perhaps we need to revisit society. So, spare me that discussion. The point is that for the first time in my life, I'm celebrating because I want that feeling of victory. But now, finally, on to what I liked best. My main concern, as discussed many times, was that if Raceland failed to protect Magius, he would turn back on the path to evil. Understandably, he lashes out in anger. He launches a fireball right into the heart of the camps. However, his rage is justified, and he quickly regains his composure. During their conversation, both he and Sturm agonize over their decision. They now quote-unquote know these people, as Taz once said, and feel that they are letting them down by going back. But Raceland understands that their actual responsibility is to fulfill their destinies, no matter how those destinies might end in death and heartache. So while Raceland may still simply follow his path, for now his future remains unclear. He can still take the lessons he learned from his friendship with Magius and repair his relationship with his actual brother. He can live without knowing the corrupting influence of Fistandantilus. Through an odd chain of events and happenstance, 
Taz might actually save Raceland's life. Perhaps I need to give the little guy another chance. As always, thanks for listening. You can find us if you haven't already at www.twoguysgaming.net. In addition to this show, we also have another show, Two Guys Gaming, where we're going to record the Spooktober episode this coming weekend in order to release it for the week of Halloween next week. I also might talk to my kids about Five Nights at Freddy's to get another series up and running again. We'll see how things go this weekend. There's also articles. I just wrote an article about Five Nights at Freddy's in anticipation of maybe recording with my kids this weekend. I put that up yesterday. There's also a link to our socials, including our YouTube, which is back up and more or less current at this point. I will be back with the final episode of this on Saturday, and then next week I will get started on the Jurassic Park series. I will talk to you then. Bye, guys.